What a week it's been. And we want to tell you something that we've noticed that's really changed for the start of this year. Stay tuned in Real Estate News. Good morning, Mr. Nate. Mr. Nate, how are you, Ledge? Like you said, what a week. What a week. It's, it's, Everyone <laughs> got back to work and didn't they ever? Oh, got back to work, got back to the grind and then it was Traffic. Just... <laughs> Traffic, but then you got the phone going off, you got your emails going nuts, text messages, hard to keep up. But here we are, Saturday, and what we've called Sensei Saturday now for the past three Saturdays. Um, and we're going to talk about, I think, what we've noticed in this week. I mean, it's February. Holy crap. Like, we're January, done. we're like that. Like, 10, unbelievable. 10% of the year is gone. <laughs> Already. So, yeah. February, I think, guns blazing. What I, can, I think we can agree on what we've noticed, investors left right and center i think unbelievable um and i think what i what i think actually investors commercial investors a different breed to residential investors altogether um, different, animal. different animal and i think what we're going to be talking about this morning is you know yes what what does it take to be a commercial investor but what are the four truths i think behind being a commercial investor. And I think the yep. one I want to explore with you, number one, uh, you'd agree with me, requires a really large initial investment. What do you think? Yeah, so I think people are forgetting. Um, well, look, I think this year what, what we have really have to remember is a lot of people in New South Wales and for most states of, of Australia have actually built in equity. They've built in money. They built in technically like like a form of savings equity. It's there, so people are looking at people looking at the last two years and thought that was a rubbish two years. But I'm I survived. Um, for most people, they've they've got a dollar more than a dollar less in terms of income that they've earned. They didn't take a hit or they're up. Um, and then they've got this huge lump of equity, this huge lump of property value built into their property. And they're going, what do I do with it now? You know what I mean? So someone with a house for a million bucks who's made, you know, 20, 30, 40% of that in 12 months has yeah. got two or three or 400 grand extra sitting there in equity in their home. And they're saying, you know what? I should really invest this. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's and it's incredible. Like you, you got to see as well, though. Uh, commercial property investors—they're seasoned. They're—you know—it's not—it's not the they own that the one property. You know, there's a couple of properties on their portfolio, so they've generated that, a lot of that unused equity. You know, in that you know twelve to twenty-four months, and start getting itchy feet going. What do I do with all of this? What, what what can I do with all of this? And it's incredible yeah. when they start dabbling onto the commercial property market because between residential and commercial, there is such an incredible difference in terms of your return. 
um, yep. when it comes to, when it comes to the property that you're going to explore, um, and that's a lot of the inquiries opening lately. So you've seen a lot of these guys coming into the market saying, "Look, we want to like compared to last year, they're coming in saying saying, look, we just want to buy something. We want to, you know, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? A lot of those people we've noticed in the last couple of weeks and month um, coming into the market, um, they they generally want it rented as well. They're not uh, they're not saying, you know, I want to put my business in there. They're generally saying, oh, we want to rent a tenant in there. It's an investment. What do you got that's tenanted? Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, you know, sometimes you, you, you can't always get what you want. I mean, you know, there's going to be that odd property there, fantastic in all shapes and forms, and it's not tenanted. But that's when the, the expertise of, of what we do kicks in and you can give a pretty uh, somewhat accurate rental projection of what they can expect. And then essentially yeah. then the yield that they'll generate based on what they purchased it for. So, you know, it's it's a, it's a bit like almost like give and take, but it's exploring it even further and, and knowing that they, they can do a lot with their money. But yes, I think um, who was it that popped in there with a question? People go for Resi. Luke, Luke. Luke said, um, "Often people step up uh, from uh, Resi to commercial." Absolutely. And look, bear in mind, you need you need fifty percent more deposit if you have if you're buying a commercial rather than buying a, a residential as an investment. So generally, again, that's key with the with the money people are made out of property. People are going, yep, yep, yep. Well, I've got that equity now, whether it's $200,000 deposit, $100,000 deposit, or $300,000. i have done that last year. So um, they're, they're ready for it. Definitely seeing that in the marketplace. Definitely something to watch. And, Nath, I don't reckon people are going to be able to get loans over the next couple of years. True, true. I think that's going to be a bit of a tricky one for some. That that's obviously the challenging element with commercial, you know, in comparison to residential as far as loans goes. Um, rolling on to truth number two, though, as we we're exploring rental return, um, yeah. you you could say that, for instance, a residential property purchase, you know, rental returns, you know, one point five two percent. They're normally in those low threes. You know, they're, they're nothing like what an investor looks for in a commercial property, which is typically that that about five percent minimum. Um, and explore, you know, six, seven, oh, if you've got anything in that 7% realm, it's absolutely astronomical, it's fantastic. But that, wouldn't you agree, is is another truth behind uh, a rental investment for a commercial property investor? Absolutely. And don't forget that with commercial, you can split your rents. Um, that with residential, you're going to get spanked. Um, the council's going to knock on the door and say, why have you got two kitchens or three kitchens? Uh, with commercial, uh, industrial, generally, it's easier to do multiple incomes out of the one property, even if it's strata. Yeah, yeah. And that's something we've noticed about what one that we've got on the market at the moment, and we were looking at the floor plan, you and I, the other day, and if you just yeah. looked at it properly, you're like, okay, perfect. You could literally split it off from this section, lease that out, like sublease that separately, whatever you wanted to do, if you were going to own or occupy it yourself, or if you were then going to get another tenant here and put another tenant there, there's so much flexibility around it. And it just, gener yep. it, then you look at it, it's like, wow, you can just generate a ton more income in the one space alone. So pretty impressive when you look at it in that sense. Um, I'd, rolling on to, I think, truth number three, uh, commercial property investor definitely comes with a few more risks, I think. Vacancy is the first thing I think. Yeah, yeah. You sort of worry about your, you know, your tenant moving out. I do have to say, um, 
we, uh, you know, we're managing a lot of commercial, managing a lot of residential properties. I yeah. didn't see through the depths of COVID, I didn't see the residential as affected as the commercial. If I had to put a number on it, I would have said that probably 50% to 60% of the commercial tenants put their hands up for a rebate. And mm-hmm. I would say probably less than 1% of the residential tenants put their hand up for a rebate. There's some risk. Yeah, definitely. Tremendous risk. And we've got to understand too, you know, with a, with a commercial space, unlike a residential property, it's not like something that gets leased out straight away. You know, you, you, you've got to understand you're going in with the notion that there could potentially be about six months that the property remains vacant, you know, and it's, it's you, you've got to hit the right target mark and obviously have the, you know, the right person representing it or if it's yourself that's representing it, you know, you obviously want to be highlighting the, the perks that it comes with. But realistically... Yeah, you know, it, 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 it definitely comes with that risk and that challenge around it um, that, that you've got to face. It's it's just a reality, I think. Yep. Um, and I think, I think then if we look at truth number four, I'd say, you know, it's it's vulnerable to economic volatility. Like, I mean, look, look at where we're at. Like, I mean, COVID's definitely been um, challenging in every in every sense, um, whether it being a leasing capacity or uh, you know a, a selling capacity, but at the same time, when we look at like a commercial investor who's got the more than one property you know around the belt, it's you you've generated that equity there, um, and you can then look to buy and explore it from there. I think let's let's explore that truth a little bit more together, you and I. Can you say that again? Uh, with regards to um, commercial property being vulnerable to economic volatility. Yeah, and, and again, that goes back to those arrears that, that we were just talking about, that, you know, we would find that, you know, the 1% of the residential tenants put their hand up for help. Uh, that's a nice, safe investment. Um, you know, the rent kept rolling in, whereas probably about 50% of commercial uh, tenants put their hand up for help through the, the depths of, the, of um, the COVID lockdown. So, yeah, there's a lot of volatility there. There's a lot of volatility there, but some profiles of some people, it just works. I think, you know, the big thing for me out of today is, is um, I couldn't have said in the last 13 months um, mm-hmm. the investment back uh, and definitely from what, what I've seen um, in the last in the last month, the investor's definitely back. The, that profile of that style of, of um, you know, I want to rent it out. You know, it was all owner-occupied stuff that we were doing in residential and commercial the last 13 months, so it's big. And I know I touched on it before, Nath, but I swear to you, um, lending will get harder. I just know it. Um, And I know they're going to, instead of putting rates up, they're going to use tightening up of lending to people as a regulator to slow the property Mm -hmm. market down. Um, you You know, everyone out there that's watching, don't forget... You know, out of the the length that I've been in the market in, in real estate, which is almost thirty years, this is probably the only only year or two where you can buy a property and it pays for itself, hook, line, and sinker. Negative gearing, people don't even give a shit about because every property's positively geared. So I do have to say it's everyone's been an absolute winner because their properties are earning more than it's costing them. And then the value of the property, everyone's just absolutely nailed it. So 
it was really the perfect storm for property. So many champions out there. And what, what does that do? It's, it's going to start propelling people into say, I'm going to do it again. Let's yeah. make an investment in property. Yeah. I'm going to sound silly probably asking you this question, but, you know, that's just me asking you a ton of questions all the bloody time. Um, I'm thinking then if lending is going to be tighter, do you reckon that's going to affect prices? Yeah. Well, look, the market, the... the I'm a bit. I'm a real fan, and I probably shouldn't say this. But I know people love to bash governments, but I reckon on a world stage, I'm a real fan of how how we've composed ourselves um, through GFC, um, through um, COVID, um, through the recession. Um, and I know everyone can everyone can you know throw stones, but mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of how we've acted. And you know, I I think that. In the last 50 years, the only way, the only handbrake that the government has ever had was by putting interest rates up to slow down our economy or our property market. Yeah. This day and age, they've become really, really clever at doing everything but. So they've put incentives in place for first-time buyers on stamp duty, incentives left, right and centre. They've activated certain parts of the market yeah. without that blanket handbrake of we're putting rates up for everyone. So, you know, I think it's it's very, very clear that you know, when the market does 30 or 40% in one year, the government's going to come along slowly and regulate through methods that you probably haven't seen before, like, hey, Mr. Investor, we're going to charge you a half a percent above an owner-occupier in terms of interest rates. You know, all, you know, it's been really clever the way they've picked the segments of the market that they want to slow down, and they've and they've succeeded. And I just know that it's being the raging property market. This they are going to make lending harder. I would get my loan now. I would buy something now and set forget. It's positively geared, and there's and there's still good capital growth proven in property every 10 years it's doubled for the last 100 years incredible incredible and that's why these guys are all so bloody switched on and that's why they're bloody being blaring on the phones and it's because they know it's coming someone like yourself can see you're forecasting it already so it's a matter of before you know before those breaks start being hit real hard Let's get in while we bloody can. And you know, when it, the, the, it's it's absolutely incredible the the type of investors that you know are calling up. You know, and the type of money that we're you know that are, that's behind it. You know, but at the same time, it's just again, it's one of those things that racks my brain. You rack my brain on the daily um, and forecasting something like this. Let's just see what. Yeah, I what think- it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Uh, look, uh, I certainly don't have the qualifications uh, for it, but uh, in terms of having a punt and seeing what's happening out there, that's what I reckon. What's the best uh, dollar range of property considering purchasing your first commercial property? Um, I think you're going to find uh, over a million bucks is going to be, thanks for the question, um, uh, um, Jennifer. I think you're going to find the... It's going to come down to deposit and it's going to come down to income. And I'd say given most people's earning ability and giving most people's amount of deposit, um, most people are going to stick to something around that sort of 
that come, that sweet spot is probably between um, four hundred thousand up to probably seven or eight hundred thousand because that still requires a heck of a deposit. If it's a two million dollar commercial purchase, it requires six hundred thousand of equity. That sort of stuff. Um, so and and I think that what everyone's learned is they want to, which is different. They want a COVID-proof tenant. People didn't really care about what sort of tenant they had. Now they want a COVID-proof tenant. So what's this person's business been like in the last two and a half years? Solid. Yeah. Uh, okay, good lease. Solid. Okay, good property. Solid. Let's do this. That's the yeah. profile of property I reckon uh, I would be going for. Certainly three to five million bucks that, that Luke's indicating. Um, I think what you'll find is... You know, five million bucks is going to require about two million dollars um, of equity. So um, that's a big boy. You know what I mean? So that's one one and a half, I think. Sorry, um, of of equity. So um, and then you've got to have an income behind that to support it. So whenever lending, there's two elements. There's have you got the deposit, the repayment capacity, which yep. is your income, the income of the property you're buying, and have you got the deposit capacity. Incredible. Yeah, that's it. Fuck. I almost swore just then. Oof. I got, I got a bit cheeky then. You, you, I, I love when we bit talk. Swearing, How, you know, <laughs> bit of swearing. Bit of swearing is all right. It's all right. It doesn't hurt anybody. But no, that yeah. there is absolutely fantastic. And I think, look, we're, we're, what are we? The Today is the 5th of February, early on in Feb. I think this is going to be a bloody interesting month. And I can only see it heating up before, like you said, those brakes are going to get pumped and things are going to slowly but surely start to change. Yeah. Mr. Nova. I think Bank, Bank valuers are going to get worked pretty hard the next month or two because people are going to be valuing their assets to try to buy something. Stay yeah. tuned. Let you know. Everyone, thank you for joining. Thank you for the questions. Fine as always. We'll talk soon. Speak soon.